What's going on, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen? It is a new year, but is it the old you? Train up a child in the way they should go, how to protect our children in an ever-darkening world, and body ministry. What does the scripture have to say about the ministry of the body of Christ, the ministry of the saints? We're going to dive into this and much, much more. Keep it locked and loaded right here with Breadbreakers Ministry. Hey guys, and welcome to another exciting episode of Your Life, God's Word. Thanks for joining this time of relevant conversation and scriptural application, where we apply God's Word to the most important areas of life, God, family, and community. We pray this broadcast inspires, encourages, challenges, and blesses you in every way. So without further ado, let's dive right in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I want to wish you a happy new year. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and God has brought you into the new year safely and you're off to a great start. I want to encourage you, follow this podcast, follow, uh, subscribe to the feed so that when we put out our weekly episodes, you'll be in the know and you can join the conversation. We also have our presence out there, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Follow us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. We truly want this to be a conversation. So let me encourage you to connect in every way that you possibly can. So the first thing I want to dive into, the first topic uh, I want to get into is it, it follows with something that we we actually on Sunday we had a service and the message was ready, set, grow. And in that uh, in that particular message, I uh, I laid out some things with growth, areas of growth, um, kind of what the New Testament expectation is. We talked about. Matthew 25, kind of 19 through 30 with the parable of the talents. Matthew 28, Jesus' command to go and make disciples. I don't want to rehash the entire thing. Uh, you can definitely go out onto our YouTube channel, Periscope, different places, Facebook, and, and, and watch the entire message if you so desire. It was a powerful time of worship as well. So I think this service would bless you. But uh, we talked through some of the challenges of of people stepping into ministry and we briefly we briefly touched on the ministry of the saints and I said that uh, for sake of time not holding people too long I would just uh, just throw it into the podcast and, and let people listen that way so that's what I'm gonna do now and where we're going is Romans chapter 12 Romans chapter 12 is one of the places that I often go to when we're talking ministry. Many, many, many people are very familiar with the passages in the scriptures. You've got Ephesians chapter 4, right, verses 11 and 12, where it talks about what we refer to as the fivefold ministry. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and we did talk about that in the service and how that the, the, the reason he gave them, if I read it in the KJV, it, it was for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The NIV uh, puts it this way, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 
And so the fivefold ministry, the purpose of the fivefold ministry is to build everyone else up so that they can do ministry. You are called, I am called, we as the body of Christ, we are called to, to minister, to serve, to, to have all these different capacities. So Ephesians, I said I wasn't going to rehash the message. I'm definitely going to try not to, <laughs> but we'll just see how that goes. Uh, so Ephesians 4, many people are, are very familiar with what's there. And then when we get to, uh, say, the book of 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 uh, Corinthians, there we go, chapter 12, when we go into verses, say, verse 12, it talks about how the body is one and has many members. Um, this, is, this is the chapter where people get into the, the spiritual gifts, and you almost have to have a, I need to, I need to turn the reverb on or something on this bad boy. Um, but when you get into verses, say, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, it talks about the, the different giftings. And these are, these are extremely powerful. These are things that the church needs and really needs in abundance. The, you don't see any kind of special credentials for people to operate in these things. These are things that God gives as he so desires, the Spirit gives these things to profit the body of Christ. Um, but this is where we have, you know, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. You've got the gift of faith, uh, gifts of healing, miracles. And then it moves to, you know, things like prophecy and tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues. And, and a lot of people know about these. There's books, you know, written all over the place about, about these as well. And I like Romans 12 because Romans 12 has some of these giftings, additional giftings, that I think the average person who is maybe just getting, kind of just stepping up into ministry, they can really tap into. I mean, they can, some of these things, it's, I'll say it's a little easier to edge your way in than, oh, I really want to do something, you know, first time in a prayer meeting. I think I'll just, you know, I think I'll just step out there and try to prophesy, or I think I'll just do word of wisdom. That's not exactly how that works. Uh, but when you have some of these giftings, I'm, we're going to read this in just a second here, but it's uh, Romans chapter 12. We, we realize that some, some gifts are, I would say, just they are from God, but on a more practical, everyday kind of level. So here we go. This is verses 6 through 8. We have differing gifts. This is in the uh, NIV. We have differing gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying... Let him use it in proportion to his faith. So there you go. See, prophesying. Now watch this. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So we have fivefold ministry giftings. And people are called into those into those various offices and ministries. We have the nine gifts of the Spirit, as we have come to know them or call them, and those are those are powerful, uh, just anointed giftings. And many people have these, often laying dormant, uh, and, and we should have them and should have them in abundance. And we shouldn't think they're spooky and ethereal and all and 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 weird, but. Look at these. Look at these things. I mean, prophecy is the first one they op uh, Paul opens up. They Paul opens up with, but then he talks about just serving. Let them serve. Teaching. 
encouraging. I mean, my goodness. I mean, think about the fact that Paul is listing out giftings in the church, ministries in the church, encouraging. I mean, people might think, well, I, you know, I pick up the phone and I text somebody an encouraging word. They were on my heart in prayer. And, you know, I just kind of do that. Do you realize that that could actually be a gifting from God that he is putting on your heart that you need to be pushing into? You need to be praying about, God, who should I encourage today? Who really needs it? Now, I can just throw it out there and, you know, copy 10 people on the same the same word of encouragement, and it might be good, but who, who really needs this today? And what do I really need to say? And what, these things, I will just go out on a limb here, not a limb really, but through experience, I can tell you many of these types of things can actually grow. You can develop this into, you become an encourager, and you really start to develop it. God could lead you into other speaking type gifts such as word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, where you are, you're seeing someone and you're starting to call things out, uh, and that it, it is absolutely revealed by the Spirit. You can grow in gifting. I mean, this is just, this is just something that happens in the body of Christ. I don't think that somebody, oh, once you're an encourager, that's it. You got the, it's one gift and you're done. Oh, you, you do, uh, you do word of knowledge. Oh, that's it. Yep, you're done. You know, you're a pastor. That's it. You don't have anything else. That's not how God works. But these are things that I think getting it down to a level where people demystifying, I think, or maybe getting it to a little bit more practical. People don't feel so intimidated. Don't don't worry. Get out there and do this. Meet somebody. You're, you're at a Bible study and you just walk over and man, that worship on Sunday was so powerful you were up there and just singing and playing, and I'm telling you, the glory of God was all over your face. That that is that is a gifting. I think people need to realize that you should operate in that gifting. You need to operate in that gifting. Uh, the other, if you look at, uh, let's look at some more of these here. If it's encouraging, let them encourage. Contributing to the needs of others, let them give generously. So, did you know that the scriptures do teach? We're all supposed to give. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give. Uh, I lo- you know, the attitude of some people that will go to a church, sit there, I mean, drink up the AC, literally drink up some of the water from the water fountain. You know, they've got the electricity going, uh, but but don't, don't want, you know, insurance to pay, uh, maybe a mortgage or rent, um, but don't want to come off their dime to contribute to that. It, it just, it goes to show their attitude the attitude, that, that, that kind of attitude. Now, you may not be able to give as much as somebody else, but, I mean, we should be giving. The Bible definitely makes that so, and makes it very clear, and we'll probably talk about these, I'm sure, in future podcasts, but uh, definitely ma- makes it very clear that God responds to the sowing of seed in the way of financial giving and will give it back to people and let them reap financial blessing and financial harvest because of what they did in the way of giving. Now, that's for everybody, but look at this, a a, a specific, like a gifting, where you, more than the average person, more, I mean, are you a giver? Are you that type of person? Like, you know, the old adage, like, oh man, they'll give their shirt right off their back to somebody. Um, Do you realize that that could be something that God is actually laying on your heart? And just like with any gifting, we, we need to do it in wisdom, we need to do it in, uh, in the leading of the Spirit and leading of God, but do you realize that could be a gifting that God wants to use you in? And we need to let God do that, let Him give generously. 
to people, to the church, toward, hey, we're, we're, our, our bus ministry is growing. We're bringing people in. We need another van, you know, something like that. All right. You've, and it's a gift of God, right? So he's providing the means. So a lot of times God's going to give you means to be able to act. He's not going to say, hey, go give that guy 10 bucks. You don't even have 10 bucks. Um, maybe he'll say, give them $1,000. And you're like, I'd love to, God, but where's it at? Then you go check the mail. Whoa, where'd this $1,000 come from? <laughs> I know people this has happened to. This is not like the, the voice of hypothesis. I'm telling you, this, this stuff happens. So when you move on, if it's leadership, Govern diligently. So people are, even outside of what I'll call fivefold ministry, or the um, the governance of the, the overall church, so when we get into things like elders and deacons and, uh, and things of that nature, right? People that just, I mean, you are, you're, you're a leader. You're a leader. You, you, it may be a pocket of five to ten people. You're leading this thing over here, this Bible study, this men's group. You're leading this uh, Sunday school class, but you really are taking it seriously. You're really, and you've got a gifting for it. You've got a gifting where you're able to inspire other people. Uh, you know, the business world talks a lot about coaching and mentorship, but um, you're able to do that, and you like to do that. You get a charge from that, and God gives you direction and how to do it. Showing mercy. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the most important things in the church is people who have that gift of mercy. They not, well, I'm going to do my, my, my Christian duty, my obligatory hospital visit. I'm talking, I know people that have, that is what they love to do. Somebody's in the hospital, they would just go and sit and talk or just listen for an hour or just sit there looking at each other for two hours and they feel like a charge out of that. They love doing that. And that person feels that love, feels that reality. This is real. This person cares about me. These, these, this, this church is, is serious about the love of Christ. I, I, I gave the analogy th- uh, during the message. You know, somebody gets up and preaches on, on love. And they're serious and they're passionate about it. We need to love. We need to show love. Um, but then they've got things going on and they, they don't have time uh, on a particular day to go visit someone that, you know, is in the hospital. You know, there's a lot of bivocational pastors out there that during the day, 9 to 5, well, 9 to 5, you know, 8 to 6, 30, they're working. They can't go visit someone. And and then when they get off at 6, 30, they're off to a Bible study at 7. Or, you know, it doesn't make sense to have one or two people. They do all the visitation. Why? They they should. That's great. But we have people that have a calling and a gifting and a passion for this. They should be doing it and knowing that it is an, a vital aspect of the kingdom of God. So the, the, the preacher gets up. We need to love. We need to show people love. And a person makes the connection between what that person is preaching and the God that put that message on their heart, the God of this congregation. How do they make that connection? Because you prepared a meal and brought it over to their house while they were in recovery home from the hospital. And, and you, your name wasn't in lights and you didn't, you didn't record a podcast about it. And, but it was behind the scenes. It was something that was done. And you may have, I mean, been instrumental in saving a life, saving a soul connecting somebody in the body of Christ by your showing of mercy. And I, I, I a lot of times lump, you know, I'll say helps or mercy as a, as a ministry, but this is, this is how I view it. And, and there's lots of different things that you can do, uh, you know, visiting people and helping people and just, just having that compassion, that love that Jesus had. So I think we need to really, really consider 
uh, our place in the body of Christ. We need to all be ministers. We need to all be serving. We need to all find that place and multiple places where we where we can work, act, flow in God. But check it out. I want to I want to show you something here. How did we get here? We started. That was verse six. We have differing gifts according to the grace given us. Let's read verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Oh, my, 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 my. Ooh, people want to be spiritual. <laughs> well, you want to be spiritual? This right here is a way you can be spiritual. You can offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, sacrifice? Hmm. No, I just want to be spiritual over here. But that that is your that is an act of worship. But check it out. This is leading up to talking about serving and members of the body coming together and having our giftings. You see, before we're able to really step out and be effective in any kind of ministry, we need to realize by the mercy of God, that's why we're here, I'm going to offer myself as a living sacrifice. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to minister to other people. Yeah, you want to worship God? Do so on a Sunday morning. Get in there and praise. Lift those hands. Let those tears flow. Feel the refreshing. I'm down. I love it. It's powerful. But if you really want to serve God and you really want to show God you're serious about worship, offer yourself as a living sacrifice in His hand. And when He says, I want you to go over here and I want you to do this and I want you every week to dedicate two hours of your time in this ministry or in that area, you do it. Not just lip service, or I'll give you some time on a Sunday morning when really it's everybody else really pouring into me anyway, right? Verse 2, when we get into verse cha- uh, chapter 12, or we're still on verse chapter 12, but we get into verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation, I believe, is the real deal. When it comes to ministry, serving, we, we have to have a transformation. We need It needs to be Christ. It needs to be more than just worldly compassion. People can be compassionate, but we, they need to have compassion that leads them to Christ. Uh, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather... Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. God, use me, show me, take me. What? How, how do I? What do you? Where do you want me to fit in? What? What piece of the puzzle do I need to fill? Then we're not conforming to the pattern of this world. No, 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 no. It's transformational power. It's by the power of Jesus Christ. Now, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Oh, because when there's time to be doing things that you think is lower than you. When, when there are times where God does something, oh, mighty miracle, some blind eyes open, you don't be getting Mr. Big Britches now, right? Oh, look at me. You know, some, some somebody comes over to you and you give this amazing prophetic word, in three days this is going to happen, and boom, happens just like you said. Well, not time to start getting a big head. That's the time to go, wow, thank you, God, for the grace, the mercy, right? We need to think of ourselves with sober judgment. It also makes it easier for us to move into the next verse when we have that right view of ourselves. 
Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, verse 5, we who are many from one body and each member belongs to all the others. You're part of a body. In fact, it says each member belongs to the others. Your gifting is not your own. Your gifting is to be used for the value of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. It is to be exercised to help others. Wow, what a powerful time. But you're not going to get there without that living sacrifice mentality, without that transformational power, without the grace of God coming and teaching you, don't start getting a big head, bro, because you are a part of a team. You're a part of a body. You're all equally important. The guy getting up on Sunday and doing the teaching, the preaching, the person on a, on a Thursday night in a Bible study prophesying and giving word of knowledge, the person teaching, uh, the person teaching a, a Bible study and people getting revelation and seeing doctrinal truths, those people are not more important than the person sitting next to someone in the hospital loving them and showing the love of Jesus Christ. They're not more important than that person who they're working hard and their ministry is to earn money and they're writing that fat check to the church, or maybe it's not a fat check, but they're writing a check <laughs> to the church and pouring in, in in the way that they know how. We are all important in the body of Christ. And I, I truly, truly, truly hope that this... Uh, this little segment here encourages someone to realize. Now, I'm not in any way, shape, or form, I'll say this again, the fivefold ministry, we need it. It's vital. It's crucial. The gifts of the Spirit, we need them. They are vital. They are crucial. But they get a lot of, I think, a lot of clout. They get, there's a lot of hubbub around those. But what about these, where we just, things on, and things in the background, you know, you have an intercessory prayer ministry, there's a lot of times you're going to be doing stuff, and it doesn't, it's not in the limelight, and a good uh, set of leaders, a good church will try to put people out there and, 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 and tell some of the things that are going on, so people do, I believe, giving uh, honor where honor is due, but understand that honor really needs to come from God, because a lot of these types of ministries, they are things that are under the radar. They're, under, they're not in the limelight. They're not that, you know, 15% of ministry that happens on a Sunday morning. They're not that worship leader up there on the stage with the guitar or on the keys, you know, in the microphone. But they are what holds a body of Christ together. Not on Sunday, but throughout the week. So be encouraged. I love you. You have got to, got to get out, do your ministry, and know how vital and crucial you are to the body of Christ. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. So, with that said, I have I have another topic here that I'd like to I'd like to dive into as well. Now, I don't I don't think I'm going to spend a an exorbitant amount of time on this, but it is something that I think we we often just we get into the 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 routine of life. You and I do the same thing. I'm a parent. Of three, pe of three people. <laughs> well, they are people, but I am the parent of three wonderful children, and I can promise you there are many times you just get in the cruise control of life. You're just, you're just going, you're working, you're focused on things, and you got, especially if you're in the kingdom of God, and you got ministry things that you're doing, you're, you're going to work, you're providing, you're juggling all this stuff, and sometimes you forget to step back and really... Uh, train your children up in the Lord with intent, with 
with purpose. Now, I am guilty of this, and I'm telling you, I mean, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, uh, I, I just, I mean, I, it's awful really to admit this, but I mean, there's, there's plenty of times. We'll go for a good chunk of time. We haven't come together and prayed with the kids. Uh, we, we've recently started to try and do like, like a weekly um, scripture verse at home. Uh, I'm not leaving it up to Sunday school teachers. I love Sunday school teachers. I love Sunday school, love kids ministry, love youth ministry, love it. But I'm not relying on them to be the only sort, the ones that are really training up my child. That is that is my responsibility. Can I get an amen? So what I, I understand the plight. I understand. So I am coming at it from a not here I am up on the mountain showing you the way. I'm right here in the trenches uh, understanding exactly what the parent is going through in today's society, exactly the kinds of uh, different things that are pulling on your attention. And I am vastly aware of these uh, these different uh, pulls. And so, you know, the Bible says, train a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not turn from it. And, you know, many times we, we find this scripture and we think that this means, you know, if we drag our kids to Sunday school, that everything's going to be okay. If we, you know, teach our kids to obey the pastor or just listen to your youth leaders or... That is not what this is saying. Training a child, right? If you think, um, I'm sending I'm sending this um, young man to a, 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 I don't know, just a, a football training camp. They're, they're going to learn soccer, where they're going to get trained. Do you think of that coach as somebody who off and on, here and there, kind of, sort of, can you watch this YouTube video? Or do you think of someone who's there with intent, has a plan, maybe even has a clipboard or an iPad in their hand, and they know the next thing we need to learn is this, the next thing we need to talk is defense, the next thing, it's strategy. We, that's kind of what you think of when you think of train. But many times when we, when we talk about things in the spirit, especially parenting, we just kind of think we're going to, they're just going to be dragged to church and everything's going to be okay. I promise you 100% that is not what the scripture is saying. And probably nine times out of 10, that is not going to be the case. We need to train our children with intent. We need to train our children in the way they should go. We need to show them the right path. We need to help them understand God's ways. We need to teach them to pray. We need to teach them to be um, men and women of the word. You know, the Bible does say in Ephesians 6, uh, well, I didn't even give the uh, the scripture reference, the, the train a child, many people probably already know, Proverbs 22, 6 is where that's found, in case you're jotting some things down here. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life. On the earth, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, does that sound like a haphazard, I hope it all works out type of mentality? Does it sound like a, well, they're going to sow their wild oats when they're 14 to 17. Hopefully, they'll boomerang back to Jesus. I don't think so. I think that means train. I think it means instruct. I think it, I think it means what it says. And the scriptures are plain that parents are the ones who are the first responsibility. It is not the pastor. It is not the Sunday school teacher. It is not the cool, hip youth leader. 
It is the parent. And in our society, I realize there are many broken homes. There are many fatherless children because of one thing or another. There are motherless children. We have both in our congregation. We love them. We help them. We walk beside them. But we don't stick our heads in the sand and pretend that does not happen and that there's not an impact. There absolutely is. And we need to be able to deal with these things in reality. What kinds of things does the single mother need to help her train her children in the way they should go? What a single father bringing his babies up as best he knows how, what types of things do they need? What tools can we put in their hand? How can we walk beside them and help them to achieve and accomplish what the scriptures say? Don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Recently, we had a, a Friday night um, where there were a few people who uh, work with youth and also parents and stuff all came together and heard some teaching on really, honestly, being the watchman on the wall for our family, for our home, for our children. And putting some, there were some practical things, just here, here are some apps, for instance, that you might find on phones or uh, tablets and things of that nature that you need to be leery of, you need to watch out for, you need to have eyes on. Uh, that's practical, good advice. I, I, we need to be in our children's lives. We need to know what's going on with our kids. Well, my kid's only only nine. They would never. Uh-huh. I remember when my parents thought he would never, and I was over here doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. We all know this happens. Why do we stick our heads in the sand and think, well, I drag him to Sunday school, and you know, I saw him over there with a tear in their eye on on um, you know, in that prayer meeting on Tuesday night, and so they must be okay. No, we need to talk through things with our children at varying ages. Uh, levels of maturity. They are able to handle certain things. We know our children hopefully better than anyone else, but we should get wisdom and counsel from the scriptures, from God through his spirit, and from other people. Leaders and people who've been there done that. I mean, someone who's raised a couple of kids who are loving God and maybe have good families and they're raising their families. I mean, maybe they have something to, you know, they probably made mistakes, I'm sure. They're human, but maybe they have some good things to say. Maybe they can tell you some things they did right and some things they realized they did wrong, but by the mercy of God, <laughs> it turned out anyway. <clears throat> I can tell you that uh, my parents did a good job, and, and they they'd certainly made some mistakes, and there's things that I know that I'm going to try and uh, improve upon, and then there's things that I'm going to, yes, I'm going to implement that in my family because I know it worked, and I know it was a good thing. So... I want to encourage you as a parent, if you are a parent, if you are thinking about being a parent, uh, the world the world has always had turmoil and tribulation and, 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 and testing times. We talked a little bit in the service recently about, you know, the 60s and how absolute tumultuous, I mean, it was awful. I mean, if there was a time in American history when people really thought, man, God is definitely coming back. It cannot last like this. I mean, you talk about, you know, the 60s and the early 70s, lots of crazy stuff going on uh, geopolitically, uh, nationally, just all over the place, all the way down to the, the you know, community level, right in people's homes. And I'm here to tell you, God could come back in an instant, he's not waiting on my approval to, to do so. I can promise you that. He's not waiting on yours either, by the way. And, well, it could be another thousand years. I don't know. So if you're going to have those babies, 
They are a precious gift from God. They will, they will help you, test you, and try you, and make you have more and more patience. Hallelujah. Make you read books. Make you cry some tears. <laughs> make you repent. But they are a joy, and they are awesome, and they're, the, I mean, that's the generation after us, right? That's, that's what we, I mean, we, that's the only thing you're ever going to really leave the, behind is uh, your progeny, right? Your, your, your fingerprints on the next generation. And so let me encourage you. The, the scriptures are here. We, the people of Breadbreakers, are here. Uh, tune into this podcast. Uh, there are going to be lots of times where we deal with these things and talk about things uh, directly related to family and raising up children and indirectly just by principles of the kingdom of God. Uh, you want to know uh, there's a lot of great families in our assembly? Reach out to us. Email us. Hit us up on Facebook. Hey, I have a question. Hey, when's your next uh, family teaching? Hey, we, uh, we'd love to connect with you. And if you've got some advice, you've got some good things you've learned, let's have that conversation. Let's do it. Um, but we heavily encourage you today that your role as a parent be taken seriously. Train up your children. Instruct them in the Lord. Take it seriously. It is a duty above all others. It is an obligation that we need to take absolutely, absolutely seriously. So, just want to encourage you with that, and now we're going to move on to one final topic that I wanted to end things off with, um, kind of going into the new year. I mean, hey, it's, uh, it's 2020, right? So, I mean, you know, vision, new vision for a new year. I'm sure that you've probably heard tons of that, but I am going to, like to, I would like to talk a little bit about, you know, it, it, it's a new year. We are in a new year. But does that does that mean anything? Does that really? I mean, the you know the the clock ticks over from December thirty first. It's now January first. We're actually in a new decade now. We're in a new year. But is it the same old you? Is it the same old same old? You know, people do these New Year's resolutions, and I've I've done them. But I, I love the adage. You know, if you want to pretty much guarantee that something is not going to be done then make a New Year's resolution for it. <laughs> I mean, so many New Year's re resolutions. I mean, we don't even get out of the, the month of January, and they're already back to, you know, the old thing. You, I'm going to do this this year, and then February rolls around, and yeah, maybe next year. Um, we just have to, honestly, we need to quit worrying about these these uh, big dramatic shifts and swings. It's January 1. It's a whole new me. Um, instead... Why not just look to the scriptures and see things like 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Why don't we make a point to be in God? to be a new creation in Christ, to do something different in God. You know, the, def the old definition of insanity, doing the same thing that you did before, expecting different results. Think about that. How's your prayer life been in the past? Are you really satisfied with where you are now? 
Has it been good, but you want it to be better? Has it been trash? <laughs> and you're, you're like, man, I can't stay consistent in prayer. And I got to get consistent with this. Um, forget about New Year's resolution. Just do it. We're, we're uh, you know, we're well, what, 12, 13 days in to the, the new year, and you didn't, maybe you didn't make a resolution about this, just start doing it. Don't worry about a resolution. Don't, don't, don't tag all your friends in Facebook and say, this year I'm going to read more scripture. Than... Just start doing it. Just start doing it. I love this awesome fellowship, uh, uh, body of Christ, that Bread Breakers, you know, we, we encourage and help each other and, and push each other. And last year, there were, I don't know, a half dozen or so people that read through the Bible together with the, the Bible app, and, and we, we picked a plan, and we went through it. Um, and this year, I mean, it's uh, it's probably double or triple the people. And, and yeah, there, there might be people that fall off the wagon, but you know what? Maybe they've read more Scripture than they ever have before. We've got our youth group reading through the entire New Testament, one chapter a day, just cranking on through. And will, will everybody do the entire thing? Maybe not. But you know what? Maybe they get halfway through this time, and next year... They, they, they take it all the way through, but they're growing. They're, see, they're pushing. They're, they're, they're expanding those borders instead of just taking it for granted that, well, you know, this is kind of the way it is. No, no. Why don't we become and allow Christ to become in us what he wants to be so that we can be that new creation in Jesus Christ? Now, if we go to Colossians uh, chapter 3, and I'm going to start with verse 9. It says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the kingdom of the kingdom. <laughs> this guy can't read. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to be able to read this year. Uh, being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. So, you know, I, I let me just let me just break this down a little bit here, shall I? Um you've taken off the old self with its practices. Um, you know, people that do this thing like, well, I got Jesus on the inside and, you know, the outside is, is completely the same. I'm still, you know, committing all the sins that I was before, struggling with all the same things I was before. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Where's the saved part? I mean, Jesus came to save his people from their sins, not in their sins. Uh, where's the from? <laughs> Where is the victory? Now, now again, I have, I've been filled with the Spirit, I've been baptized in the beautiful and wonderful name of Jesus, I have made many mistakes, I have committed sin since then, um, I, I know, yes, we, we make mistakes, we, we fall, we falter, we are human, we are frail, we, I get all of that, absolutely, but people who just kind of resolve to a life in Christ is basically the same as everybody else, except I, you know, say I'm in Christ. I listen to Christian radio every so often, you know, in between clubbing. <laughs> I mean, that, I, uh, I deal drugs, you know, seven days a week, but for three hours on Sunday, I'm in church. I mean, that, that's not exactly what God has in mind. Put off the old self with its practices. This reminds me of, we're going through Romans on our Wednesday night Bible studies, and, uh, you know, 
you get into Romans 4, 5, 6 in that area, and it, and it talks about yielding your members, right? Your body. Stop doing stuff that is sin. Like, stop. You're a slave to sin when you're doing sin. And so God empowers us to put off the old self and have put on the new self, right? It's not, oh, well, I'm just power, you know, power of positive thinking. We're supposed to lay down some practices and pick up some others. You didn't have a prayer life before, you're supposed to have one. You didn't do righteously before, you're supposed to do righteously. Go check out our Wednesday night this uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, we, we went through uh, Romans uh, chapter 6 and, and talked about this, uh, what was that, the, uh, the 8th. January 8th, 2020, uh, we went through and talked about how, hey, we, we're not supposed to continue in sin just because we have grace. The Bible, it says it twice in the same chapter that, that no, 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 and it tells us what to do. You're a slave to sin, now you're supposed to be a slave to Jesus, a slave to righteousness. And <clears throat> so we, we're supposed to do that. It's a new year. Let it be a new you in Christ. Um, you know, there's no, there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised and circumcised. We're, we're all the same. We're all together in this, in Jesus Christ. Now, he wrote to the Colossians and said that. He said what he said in 2 Corinthians about being uh, new. And then he, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, look at this. You were taught. See, it's practical. It's not just like, oh, I had this experience on a Sunday morning. Now I'm changed. It's over. Everything's good. Uh, no, no. That that change, that power, that repentance, the filling of the Spirit, um, these things empower you and me to live lives unto God now. But we don't know how to do so without being taught. Now, we can receive instruction from His Word. We can receive instruction directly from God through His Spirit. But by and large, we are going to get taught by people. There will be people in our lives who mentor us, train us, help us, preach to us, hold us accountable. There's people holding me accountable, and oh, I need them, and they need me. And you know what? I was taught some stuff. I was taught some do's and don'ts. Oh, no, there's no do's and don'ts in the, in the New Testament. Ah, well, you're, not, you're reading the wrong New Testament. I don't know which one you're reading. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably not one that's going to save you. Uh, the New Testament is full of things. Yeah, yeah, you're a Christian now. Just shape up. This is how you're supposed to live now. You know, oh, okay, I didn't realize exactly that you were taught. You were taught, what, to put off your old self. You put it off. Why? Well, I, mind over matter, power works. No. Read the scriptures in context. Obviously, we know this comes from Christ. Verse 20, Ephesians chapter 4, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way, right? It's only by knowledge of Christ. It's only through Jesus Christ. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. It's only by Jesus. But guess what? Jesus doesn't come in, possess your body, and do all the work for you. He comes in, to my life, your life, and guess what? Empowers us to do what? Here's some teaching, and now change. Put that old self off. Be new in Christ. And I'm here to tell you right now, God is there for you. He is there 
the king and captain and lord of our lives will walk beside you when nobody else will he will be there even when the most meaningful loving people can't be he will be there in the dark of night he will be there when you shed the tears he will be there in your victory in your time of celebration i'm here to tell you right now god will walk with you and help you to be the new person you are meant to be it's a new year don't let it be the old you let it be a new you in christ father i pray right now over every person that would listen to this podcast now if it's five years ten years twenty years in the future I pray in Jesus' name that the spirit of this thing, the word of God, would be in their mind, their heart, their spirit. Lord, I pray a blessing over them. Empower them. Help them to know the power of the spirit, to know that Jesus Christ is alive, to empower them and help them. Father, I ask you to walk with them, lead them, guide them, teach them, train. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, to be better parents. It's a new year. It's a new decade. Let's be better parents. Well, my kid's 14. He's 16. Uh, it's, is it too late? No. Let's be better today in Christ. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will empower us to be the people of God that you need to be, to be the kingdom that we are supposed to be. Father, I ask you in this new year, in this new decade, that you will help us to move forward in ministry. It'll be a new me, a new body of Christ who move and flow in the spirit, serving others. Lord, if it's in the background through things like intercessory prayer, gifts of helps and mercy, praise God. If it's in the limelight, if it's if it's stuff like, like preaching and teaching or worship, if it's prophecy, praise God. If we have a calling to be an apostle or a pastor, a teacher, Praise God, but let this be a new me, a new me in Christ this year. Mm. My friends and family, fellow members of the body of Christ, brothers and sisters of the Most High God, if you don't know God, I'm, I'm telling you, it is the best decision you will ever make. You need Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been wondering... Maybe there's something gnawing at you. What is it? I, I feel successful. I've got a good job. I've got a good family. But there's something, something, something. I'm here to tell you, your spirit will never rest until it comes into contact with the Master, Jesus Christ. And when it does, you will drink from a well that you've never had before, and you will be fulfilled in Him. Wow. Praise God. Listen, I love you all. God bless you. Keep it locked in right here. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, right here on this podcast. We will catch you in the next exciting episode next week. Love you so much. God bless you in every way.